1: Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Sil. And how's it going out there, Leafs Nation? We're, we're about a week away since, or just over a week, I guess, since, uh, I guess, losing yet another playoff or qualifying round uh, series. And um, yeah, so we've taken the time off to basically take a deep breath. And um, before we get into things, though... Um, we just want to give our condolences to the Howard Chuck family, Dale Howard Chuck, um, Hockey Hall of Famer, who passed away earlier this week, sadly, from cancer. And um, yeah, he played for the Winnipeg Jets for nine seasons, Buffalo Sabres uh, for five seasons. And um, yeah, we just want uh, the family to know thoughts and prayers are with them. And um, rest in peace, Dale Howardchuk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was uh, he was actually the
0: the coach of the Barry Colts as well in the OHL and so that team is I'm sure mourning his loss as well uh, as the larger greater hockey family there. And um he also also was pivotal in our like uh, Canada Cup uh oh, win in 1987. Yeah. Um yeah. lots of interesting stories about that you know, this week, a little bit more insight. And, uh, and it's,
1: uh yeah, it's very, very sad. Uh, it's great, you know, that they're doing, he... they're doing the statue outside of the Winnipeg arena that, yeah, I don't know what it's called, but they're gonna do a statue. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they also just as the memorial right now, they have the, um, I guess they took his banner from inside, and they put it outside. Mm-hmm. And, and they have like a big picture of him outside the arena. And, fans are going to like pay their respects that sort of thing so that's uh it's a nice yeah nice thing it's
0: it's interesting because any other era you know like he would have been you know much more celebrated it's just he was always sort of in Gretzky and Lemieux's shadow but but really every bit is as great a player as those guys right so um very underrated and uh yeah it's a sad sad
1: sad time so yeah yeah yeah, and um, yeah, the NHL did a, a nice job, anyways. Like they they did a uh, I guess moment of silence before the games mm-hmm. of the playoff games, and um, yeah, he'll definitely be missed. A, a real even on like I think I think it's Svechnikov, the guy in, on Carolina. There's a few young mm-hmm. players that like they played on. Um, I guess Shifley, too would have known him. I think Mark Shifley, I think played with. I don't know if Howard Chuck was coaching Barry at the time, but he played for Barry mm-hmm. Colts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the, the younger players that are current NHLers, like they know, they know him and um, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's sad. He's, uh, he's going to be missed. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but like we said, we've, we're taking, we took the week off basically to mm-hmm. um, kind of take a deep breath. I'm still taking a deep breath myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I heard PJ Stock before I came before we came on this podcast. Well, that's heard, a mistake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but um I I it was yeah, that was a mistake to listen to him, but anyways. Yep. Yeah. So, so,
0: well, so anyway, what we decided to do for this episode is we're going to kind of take a little bit of a deep dive into deconstructing the season now and you know how we see things, and you know having this week to kind of have a little distance uh, from from the playoff qualifier. Um, give our our grades of um, of basically the players, and so we broke it down into our grades for the core four, uh, our forwards, defense, and then goal, and then also grading management, uh, Shanahan, Dubas, and Keefe. And um, then um, we're going to just kind of wrap things up and do a little bit of review of what we have to look forward to moving in towards next season. So without any further ado, let's get on with the show.
1: All right, so... Let's get into it here with the. This is for the regular season again, sort of thing, right? So, because Sil yelled at me because I actually did a, some notes for this show that were more based on what had happened with the playoffs. So, <laughs> yell?
0: <laughs> and you yell over text, by the way. I don't know.
1: <laughs> but. This is the regular season and I still think we're going to, we're probably going to not agree. But anyways, let's get to it here. We're starting off with the core four. We kind of split them out or I decided to, we decided to split them out um, from the regular forwards because everyone, that's just the way everyone looks at them as well as a core four. So I gave them a B plus and I gave them the B plus because I guess it's their fourth season, obviously with the three young guys, anyways. And Tavares has been there for the two years out of the out of the four. Um, no problem with Austin Matthews. He's constantly improving. He's he's showing the consistent improvement every year. Um, he had career high goals points um it helped that he was healthy all season too the finally I was like actually going into the season I think we were both concerned that who knows like you never know he might get something again that would hinder because he probably would have got 50 goals last like the previous season sorry like if he was healthy but there is always something that happened one or two things right so with him um and Obviously, I, I even looked up. I guess um, he had forty-seven goals. So unfortunately, he didn't break uh, Rick Vives' record of the fifty-four goals. But uh, thirty-five goals of those forty-seven were at even strength, which is really yeah, impressive. He was a five-on-five master. Yeah. really. yeah, and um, yeah, and he he had the most points on the team with eighty points. So I'm and his defensive game is really improving. Like he's really becoming. Um, Like a two a two way center, basically in in the league. Nylander, I think Nylander is the one that kind of brought it down a little bit. The like to go to a B plus and not get the not get an A. I just think he has more to give. He's the guy that, yes, he had thirty one goals, yes, career high best thirty one goals, but the guy, I don't know, I don't know if it's. I've talked about this before about his, and everybody talks about his. Not his personality, but just the way he shows himself is all, he's like. He 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 just doesn't. I don't know. Just to me, he doesn't give it all every night, and I think that's what everybody is frustrated about. And I just remember him from his rookie season and that playoff that against Washington, and the guy you could not take the puck off of his stick. He was just going around the offensive zone, totally in control. I know that. Nobody knew like they were new to the league, obviously as rookies um but I just think as he has grown, let's say three seasons later, I just think that he can do more on a consistent basis, but he had a he had a good season he ended with fifty nine points and previously he had sixty one points as his best, so he definitely probably would have beaten that, I think, right so he's he definitely he put up the points, but it's just that little extra that I think that he can give us that he doesn't give us on a nightly basis. And then Mitch, Mitch, I, everybody wants to get rid of him right now (laughs) for whatever reason. I don't know why I'm fine with him. I think the whole, I think we've talked about it before, Sil, with the whole contract thing that I just think I actually heard actually last week that a lot of people or a few people have been saying that it's the people around him. Like his friends and family and stuff that are, that are kind of making it seem like everybody is against him or should be against him. Somehow they, they, I I heard,
0: yeah, I I heard. I mean, he, the negativity is coming from a lot of people here, and I mean, they're all Leaf fans too, so they're all going to have opinions. And the other thing is too is that uh, often the people who you feel should be protecting you sometimes they kind of cut you down so yeah um you know sometimes support
1: from the people closest to you is not where you really get your support yeah. so yeah so i mean he was injured too that's the other thing that we mm-hmm. it was a high ankle sprain which is hard to come back from obviously and considering and he that he came back earlier yeah and he came back really scheduled so yeah and he was on pace to match his previous season high of points of 94 even like considering he so he had 67 points in 59 games so he's over point a game player so i don't know i i just don't know how people are just not wanting him on this team sort of thing right Mm -hmm. i mean yes you could probably if it had a choice between marna and nylander like yes you probably would get more for Marner, but i think I don't well, I'll get into this a little bit more with the mark on Dubis, but um <laughs> I wouldn't trust Dubas to, to make a deal like that. Sorry. But um not right now. Okay, and then moving on to Tavares, I just think that he was hurt all year practically. A hundred he wasn't a hundred percent all year. I mean he gave he's a he's a veteran, obviously he's our leader, the captain, and you can't like John Tavares you can never say that he's not giving his full 100% every game. And so I mean he he had 60 points 63 games. And he's basically the only guy even though I think he was injured most of the year that he's the only guy that would go into the dirty areas in front of the net, below the faceoff dots like being like digging in as uh, Mike Babcock used to say he's always he was always digging in so I I had no problem with him. So yeah, so I just think that I was hoping the B plus really, too, was because I was hoping that at least if not one of them, two of them together could get together to get us over the top in this fourth season to actually win a round, like to win a series. I just thought that, um, I mean, there's four of them. So out of those four, even if it was two of them could get together and just take that team and get them over the hump to win a series. And I understand it's COVID times and all that crap. Um, but, um, yeah, it just didn't happen. So I gave them a B plus. What was your mark after all that?
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, it's fairly close. I gave my, I gave them an A minus and I actually sort of even did the math on this by, with my grades. Um, and to, it averaged out to an A minus. So, um, I gave Matthews an A plus because really, like, there's nothing, nothing more to say about him and his effort and his game. Uh, one thing you didn't mention is how much he's improved uh, in the faceoff circle, and you could see that. He, there's so much trust in him there too, because even during that qualifier, they let him take a defensive zone face-off there, which, you know, that's something that normally. He wasn't doing as much and also um, on the, um, whatchamacallit, call it, on a defensive zone penalty killing face off. So that's that kind of shows how much uh, his uh, skill level has uh, improved there. Uh, Nylander, this is where we're kind of a little bit different. I actually gave him an A. I think you might be having a bit of a hangover from uh, just the the wafts of Nylander from the qualifier. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually think that he was much more consistent during the regular season this year. I I didn't see as much on and off nights um, that we have in the past and it was evidenced by his game. And like he, um, you could count on him, you know, whether he was playing on the top line or the second line with JT, he was creating, the puck was finding him. Uh, I actually gave him an, an A because uh, I think that he really delivered this year, uh, but he had disappointing playoffs. So I think there's a little bit of a hangover there with, you know, when you think about him, because the playoffs uh, sort of w- those were all of the things that kind of were knocks against him sort of kind of reemerged during that time. Um Tavares, I actually gave him a B and I, I'm not sure that he was, I know he, he did hurt his finger and stuff. I don't see or know that there's any evidence of him being hurt all season. Um, That's kind of something that we like to say when we really don't want to mark the guy down and we want to give him an excuse. Maybe I think that there is maybe some adjustment with having the C on his back. He had probably the lowest production year that he's had in a while Um, I think there were some adjustment issues there for him. And so, but you know what, the guy is very consistent still. So his off year is not really that off. And, um, he's 29, right? From what I remember, I think he's 29 years. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. And I don't really see that there's a drop off, but every guy is going to have years where they're, they're just not. And there's just a lot that happened for him in the off season, okay, so he had has a new baby. Um, you know, talking about Mitch, like you said about you know things that are potentially outside of the rink that you know being from the area. I, I wouldn't see that there maybe is pressure on him too like from from people that are in his inner circle um, in different ways. Like in maybe even family yeah, yeah. ways, you know. Yeah. So I I think that there he had a lot to adjust to in this year, and you're a human being. Stuff is going to affect you. So you know um, that's why I kind of graded him a little bit lower. But I don't expect that to stay the same. Mitch, I gave him a B plus. Um, I, he so much as admitted that the weight of the contract was on him i really hope he doesn't turn into like a brian mccabe situation where he just never gets over that i think he will uh i just didn't see in him the joy he normally plays with there was only one game that that first game against carolina with with where it was the
1: which um the oh, that last or the generation game or whatever it is. The, yeah the generation gen game I was, like to say really, last
0: generation <laughs> yeah the next gen game yeah that's the only game that really stood out to me when I think about watching him play with the normal joy that we're used to seeing him play with there just seemed to be a lot of weight on him this year so uh, hopefully some time away he can and and it could be that like you said like if he's getting pressure or just not the kind of support he really needs outside of, you know, his Leaf family. Uh, There's stuff that's that I think that's what I saw, is that things weighed on him pretty heavily. With that in mind, though, his points production was still there, even though it seemed like it was just a little bit like going through mud to try to get it. So that just tells you that thinking of getting rid of him is a huge mistake because the guy even having a tough year down year still produces not with the the flash that we normally are used to seeing maybe and, and he's only but, 23
1: um, he's 23 well, years old all of these all guys of them except yeah, for exactly. Tavares
0: so yeah. so really you don't give up on on people like that because if you if you want to you know make comparison in in the what we're looking at right now with Nathan McKinnon okay he's he's 2 years older than these guys okay yeah. yeah and both these guys especially Matthews and Marner have better numbers leading up in their first 4 years than Nathan McKinnon did so like they're obviously all different players and that's a whole other show so i'm not going to get into it but the point is is that these guys are just growing into themselves and they they've got to make the adjustment and I believe they will so overall I was like really happy with the core four yes it's just like just gutting that they can't just they couldn't do it this year to pull us over the edge two of them together like you said yeah but you know what that doesn't mean that it's not gonna happen
1: no it just didn't happen this year and that's I guess where that Jake Muzzin quote where he was saying the fire has to burn a little bit more in order to Well and you the know what makes to the win, fire basically. burn yeah. you know what
0: makes the fire burn? Losing. Ooh. Being embarrassed. <laughs> well you know, going yeah. out like this. Like yeah. that makes it burn. And the truth of the matter is, is that they are I don't know what can make you more pissed than being on the precipice being right there and not getting getting over the line because other teams you know have not pushed uh the these the teams that we've lost against to yeah. to these the brink like we have so like it, it's it's just it's that cl- so close you can taste it and they just need to
1: want well that's what yeah that's what that. and not to get off topic here, but Shanahan said that in his press conference with the playoffs. Like, it's a, they have to learn, they can't always leave it to be an elimination game. Like, to be in yeah. that spot, to be in an elimination game, that's yeah. part of learning is to, you need to finish the job quicker than, like, cause mm-hmm. they're always going to a game seven or a game five, right? So, right.
0: And I guess need, that is the, that's, that's the curse of always of of. I mean, they have this strong self belief, so they have this belief that they always can come back, and they often often do. They bounce back quickly. They generally you, do that. But you but don't it, want to
1: do that, really. In, no,
0: if you no. can and avoid it,
1: <laughs> eventually you run out of rope. So and that's, that's the mindset, basically. Like that's the yeah. mindset that they talk about, but. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no. So we were almost close there. I guess I had the yeah. B+, plus, you had the A-. minus. So that's mm-hmm. that's good. And uh with Tavares about is out I, as an A. <laughs> with Tavares, I just think too from last summer, um he had that whatever it was. I think the it was abdominal something abdominal injury. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was I remember, he said it was good going into the season, but I think that maybe something during the season didn't go right cuz he did he did uh say He didn't say it loudly or whatever to use it as an excuse, but he just he mentioned that he wasn't feeling great for most of the season. But yeah, like you said, it won't be.
0: be. There's lots of things that can make you not feel good. Uh, One thing could be not having a lot, not having good rest because you have a new baby also makes you not feel good. Yeah. So, or it li- might not or li- necessarily have to be an injury. <laughs> it maybe- could be not having to be, not being able to have the same habits that he's used to having. So,
1: yeah. Or maybe losing to a Zamboni driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> so, let's move okay. on to the forwards, to the rest mm-hmm. of the forwards. Yeah. And this is the part that, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I thought we were good at with the secondary scoring, um, but. It was definitely. I gave them a C minus on mm-hmm. the rest of the group. Um, the only person that gets an A in this group that I think is is Hyman is Zach Hyman. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, he's. I didn't write it down. I think he has three. No, I think it's two twenty goal seasons in a row now. I don't know if it was two yeah. or three. I forget. Um, but. Again, he's like the way you were saying Nylander wasn't great. Well, in the playoffs, but uh, Hyman maybe wasn't as noticeable in the playoffs either. But overall, I th- I think he gives it his all every shift. Like you're not going to find a hard like a harder worker guy <laughs> than, than Zach Hyman. No, Get no. going into those tough areas, and a lot of the other players in that group in this group of forwards, the secondary scoring group. Um, they don't even come close to what Zach Kyman does, in my opinion. Um, Kapanen, for me, was a big disappointment during the regular season. I mean, I don't know what happened to him. And I was thinking, I think you mentioned it to me off the show Some at some point. You said maybe he needs a talking to by Shanahan, like the way he had with Kadri. Because mm-hmm. it's just, I don't, I don't know. I think he's maybe having too much of a good time off the ice. I have no idea. But... Um, because he has so much potential with the speed factor and he just didn't have it this year for me. Kerfoot was okay, um, but... (laughs) For me, I'm always, I'm always comparing him to what we had in Kadri as a third line center. We won't even go to Nazem Kadri. I actually did have something written Don't down. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> right, but it's just it's in the back. Oh God. Anyways, okay, I'm moving on. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's um, I know that's so hard for you. Yes, it is very difficult. So I give you a lot of credit. You got props for that. And then uh, Mikhaev and Janssen were both injured. Uh, for the majority of the season so i'm not sure if it's fair to give them a grade at all um and i just found it odd how Mikheyev was like in the what was it the uh training camp pre for this playoff like he was like listed as like uh like the mvp of the training camp and then the guy was invisible like you didn't even know he was he was there right so we i think we Like, we really could have used something from him. Um, Again, that's for the playoffs. But during the regular season, he was playing so good up until that injury in December. And uh, I just hope he can come back to being that player again, um, like, with the regular season. And then we have Pierre Engvall, who, again, was nothing special after he signed that contract in February. I don't know what happened to him again. Um, But, yeah, like, he just didn't... He didn't have it for me. Again, he's a guy, he's good on the penalty kill, but I mean, we're paying him over 1.5 million or something, 1.6 million for, for like, I don't know, right now it's like he's a fourth line player. And then there's the two guys that I actually would give also, let's say close to an A, um, well, especially the one is Jason Spezza. I thought, he did a great fantastic job um for us during the year and 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 then clifford came in um later on at the trade deadline and and they did what they were supposed to do and um being veterans and clifford's won the cup and uh i don't think personally sounds as though clifford won't be back uh, because he is a ufa and we don't have any money to 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 get get him back but um but we need, I think we, I hope we get Spetsa back at least. Like we need, this group of players needs more leadership, I think. Um, and yeah, so uh, I gave them a C minus and a, a lot, I guess it's hard to mark them because half of them were injured <laughs> with pretty serious injuries. Uh, of the key guys, anyways, like Mikhaev and Janssen were supposed to be key, playing key roles on this team going into the season. And then Kapanen, I don't know what happened to him. So everything like he just wasn't there. So, yeah. And that's it.
0: Okay, so for me, again, we're pretty close. So, like, actually, um, I'm going to give, I gave them a C plus. So again we're I'm obviously you're the pessimist and I'm the optimist in this in this duo <laughs> Plus here. Plus and the minus. Yeah. <laughs> but um so but I I have similar um thoughts to you. Uh I obviously Hyman is the class of this of our secondary uh scoring. And uh, yeah, he didn't have great playoffs, but, um, I don't think that's indicative of his play in general. So he had a great season. He actually was on fire. He was like our empty net specialist. Um, you know, he is creating, he is uh, creating a really specialized niche for himself on this team. Um, so yeah, like I'm like, throw throw the money at him. Whatever we got left. <laughs> when that when that comes up, I gave it to him because we'll we'll talk about that the next show. Yes. Another uh, time. That's for another time. But I, I agree with you that the disappointments, uh, Kapanen number one disappointment. I think he's, he's just, I don't know. All I see is stuff about him and his dog. Yes. He's just concerned with his dog. (laughs) So I think he needs to be more concerned with his play. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you gave Janssen, you didn't mark him. I marked him down. I marked him lower because I remember before he got hurt, I was not happy with his play. I didn't really see that he had much of an impact. However, most of that was during the Babcock time. So, yeah, it's it kind of be I I'm I kind of give him an out in that I'm kind of interested to see how he is under Keith the whole for a whole year for a whole season because obviously, as evidenced by how Keith feels about him and how much he trusts him, um, I could see him, you know, uh, having a much better performance potentially. So, but yes, small sample size with him, but I do recall that I just was like he I was very underwhelmed by him. Um Bright spots, obviously, uh, Mikaev. I, I, you know, marked him fairly highly for, for what he gave before he got hurt. Um, also, Engval. yes, he did kind of peter out a little bit, but uh, I do think that he's another one that under Keefe for a whole season, uh, it could be interesting to see. And he, I think, is going to carve out a, a good role for himself on the, the penalty kill. Um. Somebody like Freddie Gauthier, I kind of thought he started out the season really, really well, really strong. And then kind of, so he was like up, and then I kind of marked him as even. He really, his impact kind of diminished as the season wore on.
1: I didn't even mention him. So obviously, <laughs> I <it> was like, <laughs> so he was, he's forgettable. Yes. Obviously,
0: right? Uh, Kerfoot, I marked him kind of as a wash, even. um, And he did what he was supposed to do. So he's third line center. Um, He was pretty versatile. I think that we definitely could get more from him. But he's a good fit for that, for where he needs to play. Um, I did not give Clifford really a grade because I thought that the sample size there, you know, yeah, he did have a bit of an impact, but... Um, it's a little think. bit small, small sample size for me. Spezza, I, you know, I he kind of tugs at the heartstrings a little bit, that guy. But there's intangibles there that he has to offer. Um, if they don't re-sign him, I would love for him to just retire and become a coach on our team. Because honestly, I think he has a lot to give these guys. I loved during the playoffs, how he was working with Robertson after yeah. uh, their practices and stuff. I, There's just so much that... He could give, and if he can't win the Stanley Cup on the ice, maybe he could still stay in our organization and and win one a different way. When that does happen, well, there so, is an assistant um,
1: coach. There is an assistant coach opening. So,
0: yes, <laughs> yeah, I know. Who knows? Two, two of them actually, because uh, McFarland left, and then they let one a person uh, go. So. That was a video person, though. Yeah, but that's still an assistant coaching position. Oh.
1: Okay, Technical. and then because I was wondering what they did with that. Yeah, game. but he's not going to be the video guy.
0: That's for sure. No.
1: But I was wondering what they did with that Dave Hackstall. They haven't said anything about him, so I guess he's coming yeah. back. I guess, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't... But Clifford is, uh, like you were saying, like you couldn't really give him like. The, I don't. I don't personally think that. Um, what's his name? Sheldon Keefe really likes. His style of play, or something like that. I don't know. He didn't really use him a lot, like you were saying. So it, it was kind well, of- yeah, but it's like hard to get into
0: a person's head. You can speculate on that, but I don't, I don't know if that's really true or not. So, yeah. Yeah. All but right. uh, anyways. Let's move on
1: to our on. lovely defense court. <laughs> this should be interesting. Oh, God, the defense. Why is it always the defense that's the problem with this team? I don't know. It's going back to, I don't know. Like, Forever. I was even, yeah, I was even looking back at some of the defense, like, even from the mid 2000s <laughs> sort of thing, and I'm like, Just look at that. And it just never improves. The names like are just, it's just insane. Anyways, I gave them a C. And when we do have, when we do have somebody good, we tend to
0: destroy them. So yeah, yeah, no matter what, it's like you're, you just can't win. It's like either, either they're crap or really crap or they're good, but not good enough for us. So then we just
1: basically ride them out of town on a rail so anyway, so go ahead I yeah so I I gave them a C um Mm -hmm. and as a group I could have given them worse but I thought I don't I don't know I just thought to myself I I, Uh, that's when I started sympathy you have empathy well that's when I started looking back from the even when we were had good teams right the defense was shit basically like or what we thought were well, they were good teams. We went to like conference finals, and and um, and we almost made it. And even in with Dougie, Sarah back then in ninety three, ninety four, like the defense wasn't great, but they had that. Obviously, they had like the will. That was the part yeah. with the will and that chemistry that they had with that team. But the well, that whole team was, yeah, was n- nowhere near
0: as no. Talented, talented is this team for sure yeah
1: not even yeah. close yeah and it was a different but. era and all that but still the defense always sucked in our opinion and it still does and I gave him the C so um Riley Riley looked great in the playoffs he was like looking fine if he comes back like that I'm more than happy with him but most of the year I couldn't you couldn't really you felt bad for the guy because you you know that he's Like They're all competitive, but he's extreme. I think he's on a different level that way. And and it totally totally bothered him that he couldn't perform the way he wanted to. So um, yeah, he had that, was it it his ankle? It was his ankle, I think it was, that he, because I always get mixed up with him and Muzzin. Because him and Muzzin are basically the two keys that are really good defensemen on this team those are the only two in my opinion um that are like riley i would say is like a, a 1a and and muzzin is the 1b um but muzzin we saw how important he was to the team when he got injured in the playoffs we probably we probably lost because he was out we probably would have yeah, won if he. It's that if, close i agree yeah yeah um just he has those intangibles like you were saying about Spezza he's the same guy sort of thing right and he's won a cup obviously and he's the only tough defenseman that we have so those those two I mean they're at a different level and he makes people better too he makes people better oh yeah for sure like Justin Hall well you definitely saw like even during times during the regular season when Muzzin was out Hall is not the same player like that he is when he is playing with Jake Muzzin right that's just a that's just a fact that Muzzin drives that pairing basically um, and then Dermott <laughs> he's he's not as bad as Kapanen let's say but I just thought that he had such he had that shoulder injury from last year and and I don't know he's obviously he had the full time to recuperate and and then um, with the coaching change again maybe that that helped him a little bit. But I just wasn't, he, suppo- he was supposed to jump up and take Jake Gardner's spot, basically, to be like a number three or a number four defenseman. And he did not do that, in my opinion. He did not take that next step. And now he's in this contract year um, with R- being an RFA. Um, but yeah, I wasn't impressed with him. And then I'm not going to say anything about Tyson Berry and Cody Cece, except for Goodbye, <laughs> and um, and then Martin Marinchen. I wish I could say goodbye, but I have a feeling he's gonna his him and his long stick are gonna be with us. And then Rasmus Sandin. That it, he showed promise in the twenty eight games he played twenty eight games for us, um, and he'll probably make the team uh, next season. So he's he definitely he's definitely gonna be. Like a, a good, again, it's a left-handed defenseman that we have, left sh- left shot defenseman, where we're always looking for that right shot defenseman. Um, but anyways, he's definitely going to be a a, a, qual- a high quality. You can't really say, it's only 28 games that he played, so you can't really say if he's going to be like a, a 1B or on the second pairing, that sort of thing. But he, he should be making the club next year. And especially with Keefe being the coach now, he'll get the chance. And then there's Timothy Lilligren. I'm not sure about this guy. I don't know. He played only 11 games. I look back a little bit of history on him again because he was actually picked, we picked him in the first round, 17th overall, in the first round, and in 2017. He's only played, so it's three seasons now, I guess. He's only played 11 games with us this year. And from what I read, it said that, like his offensive skill is supposed to make the fans jump out of their seats. And I thought, I don't even think we rose a hand when we saw him play <laughs> while we are like, did we get that excited about him when we saw him play in the, any of those 11 games? No. But then I don't know. I do. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what he is yet. I just can't say it. But the fact that he was a, he's a first rounder, it's like you don't want to you don't want to give up on him I know it's he's obviously still yeah it's a young and it's defense position so it takes sometimes longer but I don't know strange but anyhow yeah so that was my mark for the defense I was a c so
0: I was a little bit more pessimistic in this instance than you but very marginally I gave them a c minus um well,
1: at least we all have uh, mostly, the same letters yeah um
0: I I actually marked Riley a little bit lower, but this year he just, I don't know, the games that he was healthy, he just didn't seem like he was as, I don't know, as engaged. Like his offense was just, he was just a little bit off um, for me up until when he got hurt, but like, it's an unfortunate season for him overall, I think. But like you said, uh, you know, he looked like a little bit more like his old self um, in the qualifiers, but it's, it's so hard to say for any of the people that like, even when we were talking about Mikheyev, like, you know, He looked great in the in the practices and stuff leading up to that. But then when you're actually playing those games at that high level, and you've just come off of an injury, like, I think that you're really not, (laughs) not where you need to be. And whatever you gained with adrenaline is going to drop off pretty damn quick. And, um, but yeah, like I do think that Riley will bounce back. Uh, but obviously, if you're comparing, you know, this season for him when he was healthy to the season before, he just really he didn't kind of oh, yeah, have no, it. There was there
1: was no match there.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Muzzin, yeah, he was he was good. But again, I mean, I'd say like I I'd like to still see more from him. Uh Justin Hall, I actually kind of marked him fairly high. I thought he took a step this year. Is he like gonna be a star for us? No. Uh he did play well and learn from playing with Jake Muzzin this year. Um, but obviously you can see his confidence is not there without without him. Quite the same. But did he take a step this year? Yes, he did. He's not a young guy though, so you know, he's probably no better than a bottom six guy, really, if you are slotting him where he sort of should be. So he kind of played higher than he should on a good defensive core because we needed him to this year, right? He shouldn't have been like a second pairing guy, technically. Um, agreed with <laughs> CC. I actually, he was horrible at the first, at the beginning he kind of evened out with the end. I actually think Keith got the most out of him. Um, if you're going to compare the difference between Babs and Keith, uh because he sort of was not playing sort of outside of himself as much towards the end. Was Does that mean he was good? No. But he was hurting us less towards the end of the season, I thought. Um, Barry, yeah, just just a bad fit all around. Uh, I think a little better under Keefe, uh, but it was just, I don't know. You know what I think, and I know we're going to get into this later, but (laughs) he was brought in to appease a certain coach so that they could get a quality right shot person. And that coach went and destroyed this person. So, it's kind of both their fault because really it's like you're a grown man. So you should be, when you were talking about mental toughness, uh, this, this is a person who doesn't have it. Um, but overall, it's just like, yeah, let's turn the page on that one. Cause, uh, but speaking about Dermot, I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, we obviously expected much more from him on a contract year. You, you expect a person to take a step. Um, but he is young, so maybe they float out a one-year deal for him um, or, you know, even just like a bridge, something that fits within our scheme. Because I I think that's best case scenario for him because he's it's not like he didn't light it up where it's going to entice other people to really be wanting to give him more. I don't see. I don't really see people offer sheeting for this person, no. you know, this year. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and Marinson again. I think he's kind of. They have him here in sort of a specialist role for that he's long stick. His depth. Player. He's a depth guy. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you, but I did put Lilligrin in with Sandine as as promising because. But you're right. I do agree that Lilligrin's gonna have to start showing something soon because otherwise, but not everyone is gonna develop as quickly like Sandine yeah. has an above average hockey IQ and maturity level for somebody his age Lilligren, maybe he's not quite there yet but that doesn't mean he's not going to be and I did look also at the draft year um, where he was picked and there's really not a lot
1: no there was a pick through yeah and,
0: yeah and they are always trying to you know um, Meet the needs of of the defense. So yeah. Anyway, he was that year. I remember he was uh, quite uh, highly touted. Oh he, yeah. He did have an injury, which yeah. dropped him down, so that we could take him. But there was some people that were thinking he would go much closer to the top. So yeah.
1: Yeah. No, um, I know.
0: So yeah. you know, it's just a question of can he make that step to turn that potential into something more tangible. So
1: yeah all right well we're close there let's go on to the goalie mm-hmm. um, yeah. this one was tough boy I don't know I've been listening <laughs> I've know. been listening to too much on the radio and TV <laughs> analysts okay I gave them a B just a straight B for Freddie and Jack Campbell Freddie well, see okay go ahead I don't know Freddie i I'm worried about him actually going into this contract here he's he just like well j- He wasn't great, obviously, during the regular season. But to me, the team in front of him wasn't great either. Like, so, I mean, sometimes, but he never, I know it was actually his, obviously his worst season for the save percentage. Like, that's, like, he just had an off year that way. But I still never, each game during the regular season, I never actually said, oh, yeah, that was definitely Frederick Anderson's fault that we lost that game. I could never say that. So, and I don't know who would be better considering the type of team we have, who would be better to, to have, I, I don't have that answer. So I do Cujo. (laughs) Oh, wait,
0: no, no. that can't happen anymore.
1: So therefore, no, there is nobody. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, it's still, it's up to him obviously to be, like he always has that slow start, like the way they always say sort of thing. So and obviously in the playoffs, not getting it done for us, let's say, in in, in big games. And so it, it's those are the things I think that why I gave them the B as well is because he, he doesn't, I guess it's the same story every year that way. And it's like he should be able to. To improve on at least one of those things, sort of thing, right? Whether it be um, starting off better or getting us through the playoffs and and getting us that win, I, I don't. I I just think that those are the two things that he needs to work on. Um, but I still can't say that he's the reason why we are where we are, sort of thing. Like he to me has played phenomenal, um, regardless of the regular season may have been up and down for him but the whole team was up and down so um and I do worry about him how it's going to affect the team as a whole um like if they do trade him um I think he's a pretty big piece that way of the leadership in in that room he's and and just him going into the contract year. I think it's I don't know his mindset I'm worried about that (laughs) somehow like I, I just hope it doesn't affect him so like, and his and his play. Because obviously people are going to be asking, the media especially here, he knows that. Uh, and then Jack Campbell, I mean, what's not to love about Campbell Soup? Um, he, I mean, he obviously just, it would have been nice if Dubas got this guy a little bit earlier um, in the season um, instead of letting Hutchison uh, mess us up. But anyways, uh, he played well. He showed excitement that he that he joined an original six team. He was, he's from Michigan. So he obviously is close to here. So he knows what it, what it seems to know anyways, that uh, what it means to be a Leaf, but he only played six games, right? So you can't really give much of a, of a mark, but he seems to be a team guy and he doesn't have to sit behind the bench. And uh, he's lucky enough that he didn't have to sit behind the bench and do the, uh, what Babcock used to have the goalies do to keep them in the game to take the number of shots or whatever it was (laughs) you didn't have to do that so um yeah I think it was a good move to get him and I think he's under contract for another two years so uh it was a good move to get him but it was a bit too late on the part of Kyle Dubas there I think like for this season anyways
0: well you say (laughs) that like he has the choice and he can just make the deal whenever he damn well wants of
1: course because we're fans
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. uh, Yeah. So it's potent, possibly that he could only make this deal when it arose. But anyway, uh, I actually gave them a C plus, but that's because I included Hutchison in that because I gave Hutchison a D. So he brought Uh the mark way, way down. So I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, Freddie, I marked him like pretty much a B, B plus because, uh, he was just slightly below his normal average. And, uh, who's who's to know that if the season continued on if if he wouldn't have ended up at his if, at his average mm-hmm. yeah but i agree with you 100% that at some point you want to have a year where you're above your average yeah and he really doesn't often do that so most of the time like his numbers like all line up exactly the same every year and mm-hmm. we need one of those outlier years for him from him whether that means, like you said, coming out and starting stronger. um, And that maybe they need to work on his head a little bit more. In fact, like I kind of feel like, you know, a lot of attention was made with the amount of time they work on their skills, even in the summertime and stuff with special coaches and everything. To me, maybe this summer, especially having it be be covid it's a good time for to get them working on their minds so they need to all be spending time on their heads more than their bodies
1: (laughs) i think with him it'll be be good to go back to denmark too to be with his family because he was basically hanging out with austin matthews in arizona the whole Mm -hmm. time and and that's it so
0: well and the thing is is that's the other thing is that this is a very odd year we don't know how you know being away from people that you normally would be able to have contact with whenever you want you know that that is taken away from you like even though you can talk to them deep down you know that if you really wanted to go to them you can't it's hard to do so look at like like this whole Rask situation you know like it's 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 not not normal, not regular, and we don't know how these things affect uh, these affect these players, and they're human beings too. So, and same, I agree with you with Jack Campbell um, again, but I say short sample size. But I mean, the guy's a positive influence. He, he's the perfect guy to be a backup, and he's supportive and. Yeah, like there's nothing really bad you could say about him. He performed in the games that he got in. So yeah. I have no complaints there. Obviously, Hutchison was... Yeah, what can you say about <laughs> Again, that? That was just a
1: disaster. So those and, are two players um, I didn't mention. I didn't mention Freddie Goethe and... and what was uh, his name? Michael Hutchison. Michael I was Hutchison, say Dave yeah. Hutchison. Dave Hutchison
0: yeah. was an alumni. Anyways, but you know okay. what? Again, like I have to say that... <laughs> You know, we, you cannot look at the season and, and forget about Babcock. I mean, that is such a huge, huge piece in how everything started off. And he, by the way he handled, like, who's to say to that? If even if we had Hutchison and Keith started the year, uh, if he would have been as bad, because Keith would have used him differently and maybe put him in spots where he would excel instead of, you know, sticking to his "this is what I do with my backup goalies" bullshit yeah, that yeah. that Babcock yeah. does. So he kind of yeah. destroyed this guy, yeah, which is yeah. is horrible. So anyway,
1: anyways, now on. now
0: on to the fireworks. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right,
1: so. Sheldon Keefe, we're starting with Sheldon Keefe. Uh, you want to sh- you start with Sheldon? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not, uh, I didn't mark Babcock because he's gone, obviously. I didn't no, think to gone. mark him. So, Sheldon mm-hmm. Keefe, I gave him a B. Um, it was interesting, actually. I was, I mean, it, the change needed to happen, but, and it was good to start. But then after a while, it started to grow a bit. I was growing tired of that whole having the loud music in the rink and the guys having a like being loosey-goosey and having the skills coaches and the four dividing them up into I don't know they had one group over in one pad another group in another pad It, it just seemed like a lot of fun in in after a while but where then that kind of changed because the team like they started off well obviously and then the team wasn't great let's say I think it was like in end of January early February they it was like the up and down season but I like that he tr- like to try different things with his line combinations definitely he wasn't set in his ways like the way Bobcock was players seem to like him and look forward and um they're definitely looking forward to like a full season of of him being the coach um and he and Dubas obviously have the strong relationship Going back to like they're both from the Sioux Greyhounds and um I didn't realize I, I think maybe it's been a while obviously that I've heard this, but um Dubis hired Keefe as the coach there mid season in the Sioux. So it was almost the exact same predicament here, sort of. So um so yeah, and then Keefe got hired be the Marlies head coach too so um by Dubas so they're following each other along so these two are basically tied together if like depending on what happens with this team moving forward like really those two are tied together with everything that their vision for this team and yeah he'll get the chance I I I didn't mind him. He was he was okay. I mean, it's hard. To, it was only, I guess it was from December that he took, or late November that he took on but um, the job. But I just liked his... Um, I liked the fact that he was trying the different things. And you could see his frustration, though. It was almost like he had the same frustration in a different way, though, as Babcock with the team when they... With the defensive part of the game. And... Later on, as he like going into February and March, um, he was getting a little bit, I think, pissed off. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so I I gave him I gave him a B. Okay, so
0: I actually gave him an A. Okay, and the reason being is that um, I think that that immediate impact was was significant. uh his willingness to make adjustments um you know he did kind of gamble in the playoffs and it didn't kind of work out but i i like that he's willing to do that um i just think that he you know given what he had to work with um you know no training camp to start with when he came in a uh, short kind of weird sort of training camp right before the playoffs he basically had 3 months and just as he would have potentially was starting to make adjustments, moving our team in the right direction, the season stopped. So there's like about three, a good you know six to eight weeks there where um, you know we didn't see, we weren't able to get what what he would have done, yeah. You know, going forward. But I I like that he is a thinker and. The biggest difference I see between him and Babcock is Babcock has his structure, the way he thinks things should be, and he tries to fit everything into that. Whereas this guy is like, okay, if I'm not getting X out of this player or this area or this line, he's willing to think about how to um, do things differently so that he can get the most out of those players. Players' strengths, so I I I think that that is going to bode well for us with a full season under him. So so maybe my A is a little bit on his potential, um, yeah. and it is a smaller sample size, and he's unproven, hundred percent. He's never coached in the in this league, um, but I don't know. There's something about the way he looks behind the bench, the the look on his face. That he is filing stuff all the time, yeah. Yeah. and I I kind of think that I he's got a fire. You want to you you want somebody with a fire in him. He has a fire, yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah. And it'll, so he'll, he'll get competitor. to hire. Yeah, he'll get to hire his own yeah. assistant coach now too. So I don't know if yeah. it'll be both or just the one. So that'll be good too. Yeah, that's a one key. thing.
0: Um, I mean, they're talking about Bruce Boudreaux coming in. I personally, as much as I really like Bruce Boudreaux and it would be, I mean, a dream for him to be behind the leaf bench. The guy wants to be a head coach. And I don't really like the dynamic of bringing in somebody like Keith, who's a young coach, first time coach. And before he even starts kind of putting almost a lame duck label on him by having somebody who could step in if he missteps. I mean, that's that just puts puts him in the situation. I'm not saying that that's what would happen, yeah. but that puts him in the situation where where there's a lot of people rooting for Boudreaux and people tend to get on guys pretty quickly in this town. I don't know. I just yeah. need to see that that doesn't set him up for for success potentially. So um, I don't know if All I right. would like that.
1: Anyways, right, so we'll, we'll get into the assistant coach. Maybe by the next podcast, they'll have, yeah, we might somebody, have more so. information by then. Yeah. So moving on to the GM, the general manager, Kyle Duvis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know for sure that we're not going to be close. Uh, okay. So I gave him, you're thinking that I gave him an F, but I didn't go that bad. But I gave him a C. <laughs> I gave him a C minus. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. So he's only in his second year. That's fine. That was GM. And, um, okay, so let's just say this upcoming offseason is going to be huge for him. Uh, like I, like on how the team performs going into next season, it's going to be huge. Um, he definitely lost in the cadre deal. He, it's this, I actually didn't believe this, but the team has been worse in points for two seasons he has been GM. So that, isn't good when you're not that much worse, but still he's lower. I guess last season they had a hundred points and this, this season um, in 70 games, he was at 81 points. So he wouldn't have been that off. Um, And then I guess, yeah, if they had completed the 82 games, most likely it wouldn't, he wouldn't have been that much off the hundred points, but still. Um, And then just the whole Marner contract situation, the way he handled that. And that's why I, well, we said it before, I think like when it came to these three young guys that Lou should have been left there to, to sign them. But I just don't think that he, that he was able to, whether it be Marner or Nelander, like to get one of those guys to go get, get them signed at a lower number so that we could have some flexibility in the cap. Um, But I mean, uh, and then the whole backup goalie for this particular regular season, the whole backup goalie situation, I think was horrible. And just in terms of that cadre deal, it was interesting. He said in his, uh, (laughs) I picked out something. She still is laughing, right? Because in that press conference, though, at the end of the year, he gave, it was a load of shit, in my opinion. He said that, he he always blames himself, right? Which is fine. That I tend to do that sometimes as well. But um, he said that when it came to um, mostly, I think when it came to Tyson Berry, that he needed to help him more. Um, I guess to be in a market like Toronto, like to to help him more with with that part of it. And he thinks that that would have helped if uh, like if if he. Um, it helped him to help the player to perform better um, uh, with with our team, and I don't know. To me, that's a load of crap. I I just the the guy should just. I don't know if he if there's a way to say it, but he should have just said, you know what, it didn't work out that deal sort of thing. But um yeah, I give him a C minus. I'm waiting to see what he does in this upcoming off season, but I don't. When it comes to trading players, I don't have a lot of confidence in him right now. I just don't right now. So what was your mark?
0: (laughs) Well, I think that's hilarious because you're basing that on one trade. But anyway, my mark was a B-. minus. As you said, he's in year two. And the issue with that is he's in year two, but he inherited problems. Problems that are not just from the previous regime, problems that were from the regime even prior to that so there are our cap constraints people's money on our on our situation all of that that was created by other people so that's that that's one thing so a regression potentially in our points is partly due to that so he is reworking our team uh, more in line with what he wants that trade that you so lovingly like to refer to constantly <laughs> is actually the thing that the, the person to blame for that is is Mike Babcock, in my opinion, because guess who was whining, complaining about not having right-handed shot D uh, uh, depth on our team? Him. And I honestly think that if Babcock wasn't, The coach going into the season, that trade might not have happened at all. And who's to know? I mean, like we're looking at at Naz, the way he's playing right now. He's lighting everything on fire. You know, the the one thing that if you want to blame Dubas on is getting then John Tavares. Because once they got JT... That put Naz in the third center role, and he's not a third-line center, and that's evidenced by how he's playing now. So the fact that it's the minute he got moved from that second line to the third line, everything started dropped off for him. He wasn't getting the minutes that he's accustomed to or that he needs to be getting. And he was, I honestly think that during the playoffs when he um, – basically came storming out he wanted to make the most use of this limited time that he has which made him a little overzealous mind you part of that is the microscope is always on toronto because i've seen tons of hits in these so-called playoffs now where they're he would have they if it was nas who did that on our team they would have been um basically suspended on so there's so many variables involved yes, in yeah, this yeah and there is not a single analyst who at that time said that that trade was a bad deal for us? Nobody, not no, one. Not you that can't say was, uh... you you can't say it was a bad deal. It was not a bad trade at all. Did it work out on our side? No, but you know who it did work out for? Nas. So it's you could actually look at it that and say that maybe for his career, it's better that he left. Yeah. Because he wasn't going to get that shot here. It wasn't going to be the same for him here, especially not under Babcock when he first started.
1: Yeah. But I just think too that the, when they were looking for this right shot D, like, and they have all that analytics team, like obviously it's Dubas has numbers that he's looking at. He's not just Mm -hmm. going out and throwing away players sort of thing, like to, to, in in the trades. But when you're looking at, the analytics and that they they say, and I'm not at all an analytics person, but they ju- they say that like you you can see better to say is that player going to be a fit on our team? And well, maybe maybe those analytics people behind underneath Dubis and MLSE didn't do their job then. <laughs>
0: they well, didn't, I was going to say that you know I don't he know. also has under him is scouts, yeah. and it's the scouts' job. To basically, see he's going fit, on that because he gonna can't be see every single person. And they're the ones that are supposed to know if this guy is going to be a good fit or a bad fit here. Now, I still think that he was a bad fit under the Babcock coached Leafs. And for better or for worse, you know, there's two things at play here. So his mental makeup is was not right for that dynamic would it have been the same under keith maybe not but i mean damage done uh there's so many variables like you cannot it's it's just too hard to basically put the label and put it all on 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 dubis that you know he did something wrong there because i i will throw myself in front of a bus and say that there's no way that that was the wrong thing to do at the time. I mean, did it work out for us? No, but there's a lot of things that didn't work out for us uh, at the start of the season. So if anything, I know we're going to get into the next part of it and this leading into that, you know, I think it's partly Shanahan's fault. Yes. Then.
1: Yes. Which brings me to brings us to Brendan Shanahan. And I gave him a D for the Shanna plan. Mm, Wow. Okay. (laughs) So he's the lowest one of the group because basically you're talking all about Babcock quite a bit in this, and I think it's his fault that he didn't give Dubas basically the go-ahead to get rid of him last summer or yeah. after the playoffs last summer. He should have let he had the control. No doubt I I'm still positive that everything goes through him when maybe I don't know about the Nas trade or whatever, but when when it comes to yeah, I think when it comes to trading big name players, everything's going to go through Shanahan. He didn't, and and basically that it ended up being a spiral effect, and um, Babcock eventually got fired. Um, but as we all know, but I mean he's had he was hired in April 2014, and. This is his fifth this was his fifth season with the shanna plan as they everybody loves to call it and we haven't got past the first round of the playoffs and I I I just don't I mean I still obviously I still believe in his shannon plan and his and just him being like wanting to get this team to the next level but it's five seasons now and he hasn't done it he dismantled the team in 2015-16 and then we got the first round pick with uh or the first pick overall with austin matthews and then ever since then it's been kind of i don't know (laughs) it's it's just it it there hasn't been that that improvement to actually it's it's now going what is it 16 years now we haven't got past the first round I think yeah right even he said it himself 50 and it's 53 years for the Stanley Cup so for me uh, I, I I I gave him a d what did you give him so actually I marked him higher
0: but you know you convinced me so I'm changing my mark to a c because i i agree with you i actually think that some of the things that set us off on a bad start this year have to do with him and and i as far as the firing babcock thing i don't know that that would have been totally just up to him but i do think that that i do believe that at the end of last season dubis wanted to fire babcock and if they, just they would just let him they didn't
1: see eye to eye you knew that
0: you could see yes, that yes 100% and they didn't that was have the something the philosophy were,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And so that was an issue and I know that they wanted to 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 try it out or whatever but the other thing is I I wonder if Larry Tannenbaum also had something to do with with the fact that they wouldn't um allow that because I know that Larry Tannenbaum and Babcock actually have a had a pretty close relationship. So the the part the real problem was that somehow Babcock He was elevated to this pedestal. He kind of was pseudo-management in a way. He got, he was, he's able, he had privilege that other GMs in this league are not given. Do you know what I mean? When it comes to, to being with management and he had the arrogance of that, which became a problem. So, Um, So yeah, so 100% that's on Shanahan for for that part of it. The other part of it is you mentioned before, you know, about um, having Lou um, sign some of these young guys. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that part of the reason this, the Nylander thing became an issue, which started the spiral is because Lou wouldn't sign him sooner. So if he would have done his job, Lou Lamarillo... And signed him, you know, instead of doing his Lou thing and waiting to the 11th hour and, and doing the ninja mind or Jedi mind trick oh, Lou on him is, and getting... Lou is gone. Oh, you mean in his RFA yeah. the year before,
1: right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. so that was a mistake by Lamorello yeah. Yeah. that ended up falling on uh, a rookie GM's lap. Yeah. So... So that I don't 100% blame Dubas on. But the way all that rolled out with Lou, as far as, you know, there's there's question as to whether Lou Lamarillo knew that he was going to, you know, be... Because he signed him for three years. But I think Lou really thought he was going to be staying. But it seems to me that, you know, Shanahan maybe wasn't very clear with him. So the handling of that situation... I don't know if that's, that's, you know, if there was a lot of uh, clarity there. Um, so there's some missteps here by Shanahan for sure, uh, which did impact, you know, when it ended, what ended up rolling out and, you know, what his rookie GM had. You know, if you're the type, if you're the person who wants to set people up for success, maybe he didn't do the best he could do to set Dubas up for success. Rolling this out, but that being said, I still think that now that they're all on the same page, this is basically this season is the first season that they're all on the same page. So I'm I'm with you that this is the year where they need to make some inroads and something positive has to come out of it. Or, and, but and it's <laughs> to be being tough said
1: because it's COVID time, right? Still, sort of yeah. So, so it's still not going to be a regular season it's, it's a little bit uh, awkward situation for, for them moving forward. But that's why they get paid the big bucks, right? That's why we pay them the big bucks, and they gotta, they gotta get through it. But all right, so we're done with our uh, marking system. Hopefully, our listeners enjoyed all that information. And our, so basically, you can say, take from that, that, Sill is more optimistic, and I'm more pessimistic. I guess. <laughs> but we're we're almost we're almost in line on most yeah. things, yeah. So let's just yeah, my re-
0: cup is just slightly more full than yours. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. So just let's just do a review of the important dates. Do you want to give them just moving forward? Yeah. So uh, basically, stuff coming up that uh, to pay
0: attention to. Obviously, I know we're all still enjoying watching hockey. I, I know that, you know, Leaf fans, most of us are hockey fans too. So I'm sure we're all still watching. Um, but important dates coming up that will impact our Leafs is uh, October 9th to 10th is the 2020 NHL Draft. Uh, We do not have a pick in the first round due to uh, Carolina picking up Marlowe to deal with his dollars. Uh, So now they're going to be getting our first rounder and uh, we will start picking in the second round. Um, After that, uh, November 1st, uh, NHL Free Agency will be open. So that should be interesting. I... I don't know. Like this is just such a a bizarre time. So (laughs) what's going to happen? Who knows? And there's going to be so many issues with a lot of team and the cap situation. So we're probably we probably will on a future podcast uh, talk a little bit about um, yeah those situations. November November seventeenth is going to be the opening of training camp for the twenty twenty one season. Tentatively, assuming there's no other. You know, second waves or things that shut things down. And December 1st, uh, we could be enjoying the opening of the 2021 20, regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And all, all that is subject to change, but it's things to that's basically right now where where the NHL is, is at. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, we'll be back since the playoffs are over. We'll be back in our uh, normal spot uh, for release dates. Uh, we're going to start doing this again monthly, which is the first Wednesday of the month. Uh, so next time you'll hear from us will be on the 2nd of September. And it'll be our first anniversary episode. Woo-hoo! <laughs> and um, so you'll want to tune in for that to hear the winner of our first anniversary contest. And as always, we'll have Leaf Talk plenty of uh, there'll be something to talk about then there always is. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you want to give them the so, details? Uh, yeah. just
0: yeah, so just to remind you of the contest, we're going to keep giving you uh, some chances to enter on our social media channels. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at LTL1917. To enter the contest, we would like you to follow us on Instagram, like the anniversary post, and tag two friends. And that's it, and that's all you have to do to have a chance to win a $50 e-gift card of your choice. So I guess that's all we have for today. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed our little bit of a grading. Of course, we always, always like to hear from you and uh, hear your feedback. And if, and maybe you don't agree with us. So if, if you don't agree with us, you know, we obviously would, would like to hear that too. Uh, but for
1: now, uh, that's all we have. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. <laughs>